Hey, so before we get started, I wanted to talk to you guys about Disney Plus. Now, I know by now you've probably heard about Disney Plus, the new streaming service that includes Disney, Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars, and National Geographic. With all these amazing brands in one place, Disney Plus has one of the most incredible libraries in the entire streaming landscape, and it's all ad-free. From classics like Snow White to today's blockbusters like Captain Marvel and Avengers Endgame, the content on Disney Plus is truly unparalleled. And if all that isn't enough, Disney Plus even has originals like The Mandalorian, the first live-action Star Wars series. So don't miss out. Go and sign up today and start streaming and tell them Hayes sent you. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of the Awakened Soul Podcast. And on this week's episode, we got Mr. Terrence Hutchinson from the Your Best Lifestyles Podcast, where we're going to be discussing how to turn your mess into your message. But more than that, we're also going to be talking about um, self-care, nutrition, how to get yourself right, both mentally and physically, amongst other things. We also got the first lady in the building. Um, I'm joining her in the Cookie Chronicles uh, segment this week to discuss you know how we're kind of all connected but not really connected but before all that you know what we got to do we got to get into the in the mind of hay segment so i'll see you guys right after this the following is a breaks media podcast All right, so we're hopping into my dark and twisted crazy ass mind this week, and it's going to be a brief one um, because we got a lot of content coming from coming at you guys this week. But I really want to talk about, you know, this is starting to become my segment to talk about politics and to get some stuff off my chest in regards to that world. And so it came out, I think, just today. If not, it was uh, it was earlier or late yesterday. But Kamala Harris is actually going to be endorsing Joe Biden and Jesse Jackson is going to be uh, backing Bernie Sanders. And so this is, you know, Kamala Harris did come at uh, at Joe Biden before in the debate. Um, and at this point now, she's saying she's willing to do whatever it's going to take to get Joe Biden elected. And the Democratic Party at this point now are going to all try to rally around. You're going to be seeing more of this and them really get behind either Bernie or Joe. Um, that's who it is at this point. That's the only options that we have um, are either one of these candidates going to be able to beat Trump. That's the ultimate question here. And the thing that has been leading up here, I don't think the, in my opinion, the stuff that's been going on with, with the democratic party hasn't really instilled any faith um, in either one of these candidates. Unfortunately, um, I was, have been on record to say that I was kind of starting to like Mike, Mike Bloomberg. So when he kind of backed out, I was a little disappointed there and no candidate is perfect. I understand the stop and first thing. Don't get me wrong. I had issues with that as well, but to see like Kamala Harris kind of turn now and, and really back Biden, um, it's, it, it, 
it's it's kind of shocking, uh, especially if you're just going off the headlines and, like I said, the words that she's had for him. But it's not really shocking when you think about just how everything's falling out with this Democratic Party. Um, Bernie Sanders and Jesse Jackson is one that I don't think anyone uh, would have necessarily uh, expected. Um, but, you know, I mean, the thing is, is that in, I believe in 88, Bernie Sanders actually supported Jesse Jackson. So there is clearly a relationship there just seemed to come out of nowhere because, uh, you know, I, I maybe I just don't pay enough attention to Jesse Jackson. But in something that we're going to be um, continuing to talk about is that we I've said it. I've said it on this one for like a month now. I've been screaming it at you guys. The, the, the black vote is going to be more and more important. And we're going to see these candidates try to go after it and, and do what they can to get the blacks the support of the black voters so it's not really surprising at all uh that this is starting to happen but when it all comes down to it we got bernie we got joe um can either one of them dethrone trump um it doesn't look likely unfortunately it just i i I understand it uh we all you know i think most of us who listen to this podcast want to see trump out of office but we need to set realistic realistic uh expectations and unfortunately I just don't really see it happening. Um, But, you know, where do things have happened? At one point, it looked like there was no way that Trump was going to be Hillary Clinton. And then look what happened. So, you know, we'll see as as it continues to go and as we get uh, possibly more debates. And, um, yeah, we'll just see. Um, But coming off of that as well, the kind of on my heart is is the coronavirus thing. Um, The it's a lot of information going out and. The one thing that bothers me about how the coronavirus is being uh, up until recently, they're starting to, to kind of even it out more, is that it was looked at it and depicted in media as this thing of if you got coronavirus, you were automatically going to die. And while thousands have died, there have been many more who have lived through having coronavirus. And as we're looking at things like the Olympics possibly shutting down and South by Southwest shutting down. Uh, they even just talk about NBA games, possibly playing in empty arenas because of coronavirus scares. The thing is, is that this is scary. I don't want to take away from it at all. This is it's extremely frightening. Like, but be protect yourself, wash your hands. Um, you know, the mask thing and, you know, a lot of people wearing the regular surgical masks, those things are not going to be effective. The coronavirus is actually small enough where it will get through those masks. So those, regular surgical masks that you see people having on aren't going to protect them a lick against coronavirus. And in in thing like this, I think there was like, uh, there was cases in DC and now they're saying that it's possible that coronavirus could have been in DC for like up to like six weeks, if not more, and thousands could have been exposed to it. We need to do what we can to protect ourselves. This is all scary times. Um, and we need to pray for each other. We need to you know, just do the best you can. I know there are some schools that are even shutting down. This thing is is scaring, and I, it's been a very long time, if if ever, quite to this level, where we've seen the whole nation really afraid of something like this. And this is a time where, you know, get as much information that you can on it outside of just what's on the media, and really take a look at it so that we can, like I said, best protect ourselves and prepare for it because this thing is just going to get scarier. And it seems like really while they are treating it, I think with some HIV meds, 
They're treating uh, coronavirus with it, and there has been some success there. There is no cure to coronavirus right now. You kind of just there's the there it seems like they're kind of waiting and expecting that it's going to not be a thing as the weather gets warmer and it's going to die out then but then the question is and again i know i can be a conspiracy theorist at times are we gonna is this gonna be a thing now where we have to worry about every winter um i i, I don't know it's 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 just scary times especially for us that that have kids and that are parents or that have elderly parents um as well because that's really who's at most risk of this are people who already have respiratory issues and the elderly and things like that we you have to pray and have to take care of your loved ones and i know it's scary as hell but we got to try to bind and do um as, as well as we can to get ourselves and each other and everyone through a time like this um yeah it's 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 we're just doing the best we can um, the coronavirus thing, it's it's going to have effects here for still a very long time for like me, the whole the um, the area around me, like they're shutting down and stuff. And it's yeah, it's it's going to be going to be dark. Time. It's going to get darker before it clears up for sure. Um, but hopefully at the end of the day, we the, the loss of life is at the, the minimum that we can um, and that they find a way to treat this thing. Um, because, you know, I, I would just hate for it to be something that that like it just it just keeps being the thing. Um, I guess ultimately is like what I want to leave it at is I just hope this is not really going to continue being the thing. Um, so another thing that the last thing that I want to talk about during the end of mine, Hayes segment is this thing with Megan the Stallion and Jay Prince. You know, I really in the in my it's not while it's time for me to talk about current topics. I really don't like talking. You know, this is something that we're going to discuss on the breaks radio. So shameless plug, make sure you check out the breaks radio. Um, but Jay Prince, how he came out and some of the stuff that he said to Megan the Stein and coming off as threatening at a time where she said she was felt like she was being threatened by Jay Prince and the record label. The thing is, is that very much of some of these people, they still look at their artists as their property. And I'm not saying, I don't know Jay Prince. Uh, he really doesn't say much, but his comments and the way that they came out, at least in my opinion, felt and sounded like nothing but how dare a woman say xyz shut the fuck up and also like uh, as a as a place of an artist should not talk out against their label like this and i'm glad of the social media reaction that came from in megan's defense megan doesn't seem like she's gonna back down from this at all which she shouldn't you know she is is managed by rock nation and i hope that they continue to, to do this but i'm just glad and you know as much as we talk about like some of the bad things that we see in social media, especially in regards to uh, protecting women or speaking out against women. And, you know, uh, we have the Who Protects the Protect Her series, which are, we've done two volumes out of the three so far. And I'm glad to see that people really rallied around and tried to defend Megan Thee Stallion against these comments. So that's it, though. That's it for my thoughts on the In the Mind of Hayes segment. Just a few quick topics that were on my heart uh, to get off. We're going to go ahead and get into our first break. You're going to hear from another Breaks Media podcast. Then we're going to get into the Cookie Chronicles from the First Lady. I'll see you guys there. Peace. Hey guys, it's your girl Beck Easy. Hi everybody, it's your girl Joanne. Hey guys, it's Trell and this is The, the team. team. And we want to welcome you into our group chat where we talk any and everything from ABCs of sex to finding your passion. Catch us every other Tuesday on Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and YouTube. Because we lit. Take that, take that. Damn. <laughs> Mute. 
ticket, ticket, meal ticket, ticket, comma, uh, still in my liver, real nickels in my condom, uh, feel, hit me back, feel this one with a powder pack, feel, bring me back. Feel. Like, I know this one woman that I work with, she's stuck in a marriage where the sex sucks, she doesn't like it. And she tried explaining to her husband before that, you know, he should try certain things and he gets frustrated. And at this point, they barely even have sex. I think they're just doing oral, if anything. And that's far and in between. And I don't I, I don't know what to tell her besides, you know, if you're not happy sexually, leave. But then she has other people telling her, well, if he does everything else right, then the sex is not it, not that important. But you can't say that. Like, who's to say because everything else is doing right that one of the main things that keeps the relationship together is not as important as everything else? Well, and that and that's where it is. Is well, because that for everyone that isn't what keeps a relationship together. So I, sometimes you have to look at it like this: if that if the ability to be intimate completely went away. If you can't see yourself with that, still with that person, then that's a bigger problem in the relationship. I see, because this, you're not always going to have the opportunity now. Not not being able to communicate, not having somebody who's willing to try things or 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 care about your needs or wants. That's a completely separate thing. But if but to say that the relationship only can work with sex is an issue to me because it's like, all right, you can lose the ability to have sex tomorrow. So what does that mean? You never deserve to be in a relationship. No, that's a little different. Like, if you have the means, then you should do it. But if you don't have the means, then that's that's where the love, love comes in. That's where the, but the should I that got not be should that not, should that not be in the relationship anyway? <laughs> no, it should be, but that's when it's put to the test. But see, and that's the thing, like, and that, that's why I think so many relationships fail is because we don't really want to be tested until we have to be, and then that it should it shouldn't only. That test should not be, it should not, the only time you should prepare for that test isn't when you're just faced with it. You should be realize or not when you, if you're committed to someone, this is again is about being in a committed relationship. If you're going to be committed to someone, why commit yourself to someone that you don't see yourself with if that goes away? Why Why are you wasting your time? This is, I think some people just live in the moment, moment and they don't think that far out. Yeah, that's true. That's true. We all, we and we're all creatures of living in the moment. Raw creatures in- especially with social media yeah. and and how easy it is to just go to the next person and like swipe mm-hmm. or friend a new person on facebook and be like oh you're attractive and hop in a dm like back in the day when social media was not a thing you literally like it kind of forced you to have to work shit out with your partner as opposed to just having access to all these yeah. thousands of people you wouldn't have never had access to well i mean that and too and i think that the technology has now made us confuse the ease of access to a person with actually learning how to communicate with somebody i can text you all day long but if we're not talking about anything we're not really communicating and it's it's connected as we all are with social media and with technology we are not really connected because people don't know how to have conversations anymore if you're not talking about something on the Mm -hmm. timeline or uh gossiping or like so or uh celebrity news if you sit down and you don't really have anything about life to talk about and you can't have a conversation what do you really have and so many people that's all that they have like and like the people who like crave attention all the time and think that the level of care that the level of care that somebody has for them is determined by how quick they text back it's like that's stupid our parents when they went to work that and they didn't have cell phones that was it i'm not going to see you for eight hours 
So our so the relationship the relationship you had to have, you had to, you had to find different ways to connect. But now because I have this phone in my pocket all the time, and you can text me whenever. When you don't hear from me in two hours, you're thinking something must be wrong. And it's like that's that's not what truly keeps us connected. Our relationship isn't connected if the only time you feel that is because I text you back in thirty minutes. That's true. That is true. I agree. See, Eight deep. hours. It's yeah. Like seriously, when you think about know. or think about like like with my parents being in the military, my dad got deployed and he'll be gone for 30, 35 days. So like and that was before cell phones. We didn't hear from him. We may get a letter from time to time, but like people nowadays I don't think are equipped to what it what it means that, like for example if you were if you were interested you were because you're single if you were going out and trying to date somebody and they said oh i don't have a cell phone you know I'll, I'll see you i'll come swoop you up after work we can go get dinner or whatever that would be completely foreign to you if, if somebody told you i don't have a phone you can't contact me when I'm, I'm like what i'm just saying like think about <laughs> think think about how you how your brain would process that i would be like why you don't have a cell phone exactly. everyone has a cell phone how am i supposed to contact you do you have kids? How do you contact your kids? So you're supposed to call me when you leave work to tell me you're on the way. What if something happens to you <laughs> about there and I don't hear exactly. from you? Like, but I'm so used to communication. Yeah. So you're right. I, I don't think I can deal with that. And, 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 and it's crazy to think of, like, and everything you just listed, like, think about it now. We talk to somebody before we leave. We check on them mid-route. And then... They tell us when they're like 10 minutes away, we prepare for them to come. Like that's family, whatever, if, like whoever. Now imagine going cross country. For example, uh, I'm in Columbus, Ohio. You're in D.C. Imagine if I called you and said, all right, I'm coming to D.C. Seven hour drive. You did not hear from me in seven hours because I can't contact you. We didn't have cell phones back in the day. And so I just showed up at your door. You would think I, I would be dead if that happened right now. If I said I'm on my way to D.C., and you don't hear from me for the seven hours I'm on the road. You're like, he must have got like, an oh, accident. He's not coming. We gotta start calling the oh, hospitals. He's not coming. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and it's crazy to think like, as, as as much as technology has made things easy for us, it has really kind of limited. It's also made it harder. Yeah, it's it's made stuff harder at the same time. That's true. Yeah, I don't I don't know how I did it. I, well, I think I've always had a cell phone. I've always, even when I was younger, I've always had a cell phone. I don't think I don't think I would I would deal with somebody who didn't have a cell phone. <laughs> <laughs> and that's crazy. And, and I'm not not saying that you, that's not in your right to do, but like it's it's crazy when you think about like people will straight up not deal with somebody if they don't have a cell phone or they don't contact them back in a, in a in a way that it, how quick they see it. And people confuse so often like. Oh, he he texts me back. That must mean he really cares for me. Or he's just a bum and he has nothing else to do. Yeah, but there's a thing called balance, you know? True, true. Like, I'm, my ex spoiled the hell out of me when it came to, like, texting and talking on the phone. So it is now, even almost three years single, it's very difficult for me to deal with someone who cannot, like, check on me throughout the day. I don't like that. Not to say that I can't deal with it. I just don't like it. Like, it, that's hard for me to process. Like, and he was busy, too. He had two jobs. And people constantly have their phones in their hands. It's 24 hours in a day. You check your phone at least half of that time. So you mean to tell me? I text you two hours ago, and you ain't see it at all? <laughs> you didn't get the notification. I mean, but that's the thing. Even it's not outside the room possibility of of people don't check their phone. Some people can't have their phones at work for one, but some people aren't yeah, that attached. Yeah, but they tell you that. Some people aren't people that attached men, to it. If a man really, if a man really likes you and he wants you to know what's going on with him, he will tell you like, "Hey babe, 
I'm be at work. I can't have my phone at work, but I'll hit you as soon as I and get out while I'm checking on my lunch because break. Because everybody is an effective that, communicator. That is different. Like that, I know ahead of time. So mm-hmm. I'm expecting not to hear from you. And if I do hear from you on your lunch break, it's a surprise to me. Like, oh, okay, you checked it on his lunch break. But when I don't hear nothing at all for eight hours of your workday, like not a thing, I don't know. It makes me feel away. <laughs> and maybe I am. Maybe I am used to the whole communication as far as access at your fingertips because I grew up in in the technology era. Maybe. But I, I can't I can't deal with somebody who can't check on me throughout the day. I don't like that. <laughs> OK, let me ask you this. Then. Let me flip this around. So because that's something that's important to you, right? Let, let's mm-hmm. say let's say that the the person it, it's not as something that's important to them. So rather than why why what's keeping you from saying, hey, you know, I was thinking about you, or whatever. I'm just sending this text. You know, you can check on me or you can let me know however your day's going. I know you're working. Or I know this may not this may not be something you're used to doing. Just you know, I just wanted to let you know I was thinking about you. And then you you start building that rapport with them, and they start saying, oh. When she texts me three times randomly throughout the day just to tell me she's thinking about her. Now let, let me let me do the same. I'm not used to it, but you know, let me pick up the phone now. So why? Oh, I've wh- done that. Okay. Yeah, I've done that. Okay. And like, I try to work with people because, like I said, I know I know everybody is different mm-hmm. when it comes to like how fast they respond and you know whether they're on their phone and all that. Like me, I'm a manager at my job. I can't be on my phone all day. They trust you to manage it. people. Yes, oh, <laughs> and I do a good job. That is dangerous. That is dangerous. <laughs> but other people can't. So you know, I try, and I ask. That's one of my first questions I ask people, like as I'm getting to know them. Like, how do you prefer to communicate? Are you a talker? Like, do you prefer to pick up the phone and call somebody and hear their voice, or do you prefer to text? What if it's neither? And that way, I know how to gauge how to communicate with them. What if they're a face-to-face person? What if they don't care to talk on the phone or to text? No, well, we got to compromise. I love how you paused there for a second. Because I had to think. I could be a face-to-face person, too. I'd rather be face-to-face with you, but when I'm not, because we don't live together, so... When I'm not with you, I like to know how your day went. I'm not going to be in your face every day to see, you know, how your day is going. So you're going to have to communicate with me some other kind of way besides face-to-face. And I'm going to let you decide that. But I'm letting you know we're going to have to compromise on what that is. Okay. So compromise. let me ask you this. What's, what's been, <laughs> wouldn't a compromise be then? A version of it. I'm not saying yours isn't a version of compromising too. But what if their version of compromise was saying, well, there's no reason why we shouldn't be able to meet up for coffee 10 minutes for 10 minutes every day so I can see you face to face. Nah, that's too much. <laughs> but what? But why is it not too much for texting? You know why that's too much? Because I'm a busy woman. I don't have time for that. Okay. I don't have time for that. But you just said that no, ha- no, ha- no. What if I, they're willing to come to you? I don't have time for that. If you're willing to come to me, I don't know. It still depends. Let me tell you. I have a full-time job. Uh-huh. I have... Lady Haven, the online store, so I'm shipping out orders every other day. Mm-hmm. I drive for Lyft. I serve court documents. I don't have time to meet up with somebody for 10 minutes. That means start driving 30 minutes there, sitting 10 minutes for them, driving 30 minutes back. Like, that's too much. But And even if they come to you, my side you, to meet me, I'm still how, constantly on the move. Do you see the duality in what you said, though? Because you started this off by saying 
you don't no matter how busy someone is, they can make time to text. If that's because that's your preferred method of conversation. So why can't you make they make the same yes, amendment for their preferred method of conversation? Is easy. Texting doesn't require you getting in your car mm-hmm. and having gas and driving God knows how far across to meet somebody. So what if it's not texting far? is the easier form of communication because it's at your fingertips. Mm-hmm. It's quicker. Okay. But what if that? What if their argument is, just like you can take time out to take people lifting around, why can't you just make a stop to see me for ten minutes? I will meet you on your route of taking taking wherever you are on lift, so that I can see you face to face. And they minutes. can meet me on my route, sure, fine. As long as I don't got to go out of my way every day. <laughs> I said every day. I didn't say ever. I said every day. If I don't got to go out of my way every day, then we can work on it. You can compromise on it. <laughs> but if you only want to see me, like my thing is with that too, with your example, 10 minutes, I'd rather just come over your house when I'm done working and spend a night with you and leave from your house the next morning as opposed what to just sitting with you yet? for 10 minutes. What if you're not at that point yet? Well, why do you want to see me every day for 10 minutes if you're not at that point yet? You can FaceTime me for 10 well, minutes. They don't like technology. Oh, no. I can't do it. Nobody that don't <laughs> like technology. <laughs> But but no, and I understand. Like I I only only break only broke broke that down. But to to highlight the point of you see how reliant we are on technology now, where it's easier. Yes, it well yes, technology makes everything easier. But we live in a society now where we would rather take time out to Facetime somebody over them wanting to see us if it's for a short amount of time. You know, it be it it just depends. There's so many factors. Like if we live within a certain time away from each other like 20 minutes or less all right maybe i can make that work but i'm in the dmv area i have dc maryland i have no dc virginia and baltimore all within 30 minutes in different directions of where i live and there's something called rush hour here that ranges from 1 30 to 7 30 p.m what time are we gonna have to do this 10 minutes meet up every day like it just it's not feasible for me it doesn't make okay. sense but okay saying the, ten, saying, saying the saying the 10 minutes thing was may it. have been an exaggeration <laughs> all right let's let's take like stick the 10 minutes if somebody was was to say it's important for me the, you, you you got to the point y'all in the relationship you're dating each other xyz so that's all been solidified it, they said it's important for me that we have dinner together every day so that's longer that can range from like 30 minutes to an hour if they said that that was as important to them as it is to you to get text messages two or three times throughout the day checking on you, would you be able to make that that amendment for them? Every day? Every day. What about my family on Sundays when I do dinner with them? So I got to okay. skip dinner with no. them to have dinner well, no, with you. Not, so if you got a standing thing with your family every Sunday, so of course they would have to understand that. But they, they if they were to say, because you got to eat every day. If they were to say, all right, if, you, if outside of Sunday dinner with your family, because that's a family tradition. You have to eat every day. Let's have that meal together every day. Let's have dinner or breakfast together every single day. Well, shit, at this point, you said we together. We might as well be living together. <laughs> that way I'm already at your house for dinner. Uh, you are so <laughs> difficult. You don't just answer the question. No, you know why? Because when I think not living together and dinner, that means money is being spent. I'm in uh, my grind mode, okay? So I'm but you eat every day, so money is being night. spent regardless. I don't always eat dinner, though. I eat lunch every day, but I, I'm not I'm not a huge dinner person. So again, it would have to make sense to me. I, I can't. That means spending money. That means driving 
to meet up. That means spending gas money to get there. That means buying groceries. If you already like, it just eh, I don't know. We might as well just live together. That way, it's not as many obstacles. <laughs> you said we're already together. I see why. I see why you're in the situation you are. You are the most stubborn and difficult person in the world. But I'm not. I'm giving you my direct answer. I feel I no, no, and I appreciate you. I appreciate you. You giving me the truthful answer. That doesn't stop you from being difficult. Just because you're telling the truth doesn't stop it from you being a difficult person. What the hell? I don't think I'm difficult. You know, I feel like I'm very realistic. That doesn't make sense to me. How far away do you live? You're going to be thinking about this now for the next, the next 12 hours. From? I guarantee you're going to be thinking about Is this. Is dinner going to be at your house? <laughs> Am I spending a night? Like, I got to know what's happening before I get myself into these situations. <laughs> I'm done. Stop laughing. I, I'm dead I got, serious. I got nothing else. I have I'm to done. know what I'm getting into this, before I, I do it. I love how this conversation evolved. Like, A, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> that it just went completely <laughs> all right ladies and gentlemen so that was a fun one um what we're gonna do we're gonna go ahead and cleanse the palate we're gonna get into some music on the other side of that it's time to start the conversation with terrence hutchison a nutritionist a self-helper and someone who's just here to help us get our stuff right this segment is titled i turned my mess into my message i'll see you guys right after this report to the dance floor immediately all the buses, we giving y'all five seconds to get close to an exit. It's about to get real ugly in here. Five seconds is up. Let's go. All right, ladies and gentlemen. So I'm, I'm always happy when I have a first-time guest on the podcast, and more importantly, when it's a first-time guest that is doing positive things and can add a perspective that I can't. And so it's something that, I'd like to talk about a lot here is self-care. Um, now, I'm not on the nutrition side as much, but my guest is. So I'm going to go ahead and introduce Mr. Terrence Hutchinson, host of uh, Your Best Lifestyle. It, and it's it's a podcast that's about like just being the best thing that you can be in, in a lot of healthy and everything wrapped in there, man. So, A, how did you get started on it? What made you start on this journey yourself? And I, I actually listened on your podcast like you're 51. And I, like I wish I hope that I look that great. At that age, man. So let's let's talk about you. Uh, first, yeah, appreciate. First of all, man, thank you so much for the opportunity to come on oh, to your man. podcast, man. You know, I know it's a lot of work behind the scenes getting guests, and uh, man, you know, you're juggling a whole lot of different things. So I appreciate the opportunity for having me on. Oh, <clears throat> um, in 2010, I was diagnosed with. Uh, type two diabetes that landed me in ICU for like three and a half days. Oh wow! Yeah, and I came from man, you know, I I lived up north uh, for twenty five years in New York, and I was going through a divorce and uh, <clears throat> that I initiated, but I had to I had to uh, dissolve like businesses and houses and investments, and you know, I, I relocated back down south to Atlanta. I was originally from South Carolina, but I moved to New York now. I'm in Atlanta. And uh, but 
when I got here, I man, I was like 39 years old, moving with my moms, and I, I kind of got into more of a depressed state because, mm-hmm. uh, because I was, I had to give up so much, you know, just to free myself from a toxic relationship. Man, it wasn't that bad, but you know, at that, when the stress levels was high, it was that bad. Now looking yeah. back, back at it, you know, it's like I can laugh at it now. Um, but I was going through uh, a sign of depression, you know, and it was like 39 coming from two houses, you know, five bedrooms, two baths, you know, cars, you know. Now I'm living with my mother and, the, and her, you know, like, what's going on? I haven't lived with my mother since I was 16. Now I'm 39, you know, and uh, so I got to Atlanta and I started partying. I started hanging out. I'm trying. I started uh, traveling to you know, different cities and states and from the Atlanta area, man. And I started just doing my thing. I was suppressing the depression that I didn't even know I had. And, um, uh, I started going to uh, a therapist, man, to, to get looked at. And I, one thing I realized at the time, man, I was, uh, I was, I was angry. I was frustrated. I was irritable, man. Um, and she's like, you know, that's the signs of depression. The symptoms of depression in men. Mm. And I was like, I didn't know. So now when I see men this day always angry and frustrated, I said, yeah, you must be depressed. (laughs) And um, so I, you know, I just started uh, participating in unhealthy um, lifestyle, man, and using unhealthy coping mechanism to suppress my depression, which came from partying, you know, lack of sleep, drinking, uh, womanizing, you know, unhealthy diet, all those things. So that was like, uh, three years of that, I ended up, my body was like, no, sir. I was in Miami hanging out in the pool, start to feel lightheaded, nauseated, uh, extreme thirst. Uh, I mean, you know, I got out. I was like, man, what's going on? I was, I'm feeling confused. Um, then all of a sudden, the, the, as I'm going back to the hotel room, I started losing weight right away. So the side effects of diabetes is, you know, all those men- all those things mentioned above, plus um, extreme weight loss, man. Mm-hmm. I was 240 pounds and I went down like 200 pounds in no time. I was like, Whoa, it scared me. And, um, I had uh, a stream dry mouth, frequent urination every 20 minutes. I had to urinate and that was, that was, that was weird. And, uh, I didn't know the signs and symptoms. So, you know, I tell my, I told my friends, I said, man, we got to get back to Atlanta. So we drove to Miami where we had to drive back. So imagine being in the backseat of a, of a truck, man, got to pull over every 20 minutes to let me out to urinate because I'm like, man, this is crazy. So uh, I got back to Atlanta, set up a appointment with my doctor, came in the next day, man, and passed out in the lobby, not knowing what was going on with me, King. And uh, the EMS came. They was like, look, I think you, you're going into a diabetic chaos, chaos, chaos of state. And I was like, this is crazy. I had no idea what diabetes was, you know, and um, I got an ICU and they was talking me through everything, man. They said, man, my glucose number was a 1360 and uh, my A1C was a 9.5. So I was supposed to be dead on arrival, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, that's that's how I got into it right after that, man. To make a long story short, everything else happened um, from the diabetes scare, three and a half days in ICU. So actually, uh, my mess became my message. You know, my test became my testimony to the person I evolved in from that disease. 
that's 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 a hell of a hell of a story man and so like going from that into like you said from mess to became your message when did you decide that all right i'm going to take what i went through i'm going to take what i learned and now i'm going to start giving that information out to people because you're an author you're a blogger you're a podcaster like you do everything so like what what at what when did that shift into all right i got myself together now let me start sharing this blessing with other people um probably three years after the scare because i had to really educate myself i had to um i started getting back into the gym really heavy because living up new york man you know being less than 200 pounds is not the business you know especially during the time uh mid 2000s um, um, in the nineties, you don't want to be a little guy. You had to be a big guy, especially the area area that I was from. Cause you know, a lot of things you, you, you know, small guys was getting challenged too much. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the OGs I was around, they would say, boy, you better put some weight on you, boy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was a little one, the youngest one, you know what I'm saying? So, um, I didn't know anything about, uh, going from extreme weight loss like that. So it's like, man, after three years of getting in the gym, you know, you know, somebody came up to me and said, yo, you the trainer. So it's like the light bulb went off. And I, and I have a culinary arts background and hospitality management background. So I got into sports, nutrition, uh, uh, functional training, you know, just anything and everything. So and everything else, man, God just lined everything else for me. And when I stayed up in New York, I was just doing corporate America, you know, and um, I came to Atlanta and I started connecting with people. And I realized my years in corporate America with speaking and all these different trainers um, actually uh, compelled me to, you know, start speaking in front of people, talk, telling my story, um, doing radio podcasts. And then the writing was really came out of nowhere because if you would ask me 10, 20 years ago that I was going to be an author, I would have looked at you like you was crazy. <laughs> but, you know, people came around and said, yo, you should, you know, you should write. And uh, I started writing wellness articles for different magazines. And then I had a ton of recipes being in the culinary arts. I, I consulted with dietitians, broke things down with her and, the books came out, the recipe books came out and we did really good with that as well. So, you know, I think three years after the diabetes scare, that's when things start to really take, um, take a, a elevation, you know, to share my, my, my message with the world. That's what's up, man. You never, you just, you never know. Right. Even with like, for example, like me with podcasts, I would have never thought that I would be doing something like this in the public because I'm naturally a super quiet person. So I did, I, I'm thankful that you, that you found your calling in doing this now, man. And, um, that's powerful. And hopefully a lot of people get a lot out of that and that statement. What I want to ask you is to get into like the, the health and wellness side, because I have a question for it. And this is as much for me as anyone listening. How much of it is mental? I say it's a hundred percent is mental. I mean, a lot of people, for me personally, I say 100% is mental, 100% is, okay, so let's go back to the wellness components. You're talking about uh, a psychological component, um, emotional, financial, um, environmental, a physical, you know, a spiritual components. People will have the personal percentage of how much you give to it, but, you know, to really reverse a lifestyle disease such as this, 
I had to go all in on all those components at 100%. Was it easy? Will it be easy? No, but look, spiritually and emotionally, if you're not right, mentally, it's not going to click. Physically, it's not going to click. So you, you got to really focus on all those different components. And then the psychological part of it, you got to be like, okay, I have to turn this on. Because certain some, some things have to click on in your mind and say, I have to do this. Because mm-hmm. if I do not do this, uh, I may slip back. Or I realized working with individuals that they needed to hear it. They needed to, you know, benefit from my story and learn from my my mistakes and help me. And hopefully they can change their life around. So I had to go all in 100 percent mentally. So, you know, that that will be my answer to you is to go in 100 percent mentally. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, What what are some of the things other than like mental what are, because it, it's it's more expensive to eat healthy than to eat unhealthy, right? So what's some what are some of the tips that you can give to somebody who wants to start changing their nutrition and, and the way that they eat um, without like breaking the bank completely? Oh man, you know that's re- I did a show last night and somebody asked me something question and I'm I'm gonna give you the same answer. Mm-hmm. I'm like this man, if you think that eating healthy is expensive, you should try getting sick. Mm. Damn. <laughs> you okay. Know? Okay. You know? Yeah. Once you get ill, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to break the illness part up, the financial pains of becoming ill. Um, the Amalam's ride that they took me two traffic lights to go to the hospital from my doctor's office cost me $1,200. Damn. Right. Insurance, my insurance ain't covered that. That's an out of pocket thing. Um, the hospital stay was, uh, 30,000 for three and a half days. Damn. The, the, yeah, the, 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 the aspirins was $10, you know? So every time you get sick or injured, somebody gets paid. Okay. You go to that hospital, you're going to get paid. Even if you have a great insurance, somebody you're going to have to pay something with his co um, um, co-pays, uh, medicine, you're still going to come out of pocket. So just to say, talking diabetes, diabetes, over 30 million people right now are diagnosed with diabetes in this country. Diabetes maintenance is a $327 billion a year business, all because they want you to cope or maintain. So the average person is going to spend around 8000 or more annually just on diabetes maintenance. So if you think that eating healthy, it costs too much, you should try staying sick, uh, staying locked in on the medicine. You're going to spend a small fortune. Yeah. Now, the, the second part of that is that uh, when it comes down to healthy nutrition, fruits, vegetables, and all those things, the reason why pricing is so uh, quote unquote expensive because just to say I'm growing oranges in Florida, you got to pay people to fertilize the land, pick the oranges, <clears throat> uh, box them up, uh, refrigerate them. If that's what they do, uh, transport them say to Atlanta, um, storage gas. <laughs> you got to play this. You, you know what I'm saying? This is, this is what you paying for. Okay. This is what you paying for versus going to eat something from me, from a, um, a major restaurant. That's a fast food chain. And then you buy, you can get a whole dollar menu. You see what I'm saying? Okay. So everything is processed. So whenever you eating fresh produce, 
you paying for all those different things that goes um, um, under the radar. The farmer, you got to pay the farmer for growing. You got to pay all his workers. You got to pay gas for transportation, storage, refrigeration. And people don't, if you don't know anything about agriculture um, and, and growing things, this is why it costs so much. But it's a great investment that everybody should do. You know, take time, take some money, say, you know what, I'm going to budget out and I'm going to get my fruits. I'm going to get my vegetables. I'm going to eat my healthy grains. I'm going to um, get lean meats and everything like that. And just do the best you can, man, because I'm going to tell you, you're going to be in a poverty line if you're sick and you don't have great insurance or, you know, depending on your disease, man, if you don't have help, I'm telling you right now, it's going to be a financial strain, not just on you, but on your family members. Too. Yeah. That's deep, man. I've never, you just broke that all the way down. I, I'm still, I'm still processing. I never thought about it from that perspective because especially when you point out the fact of like how much it costs to be sick, hell that right there makes it, makes it worth it to pay a little bit extra to eat organic or just to eat good. Yeah. Um, I'm going to tell you, man, I work with people daily who suffer from, they coming from physical therapy, from a stroke, cancer, rheumatoid arthritis, hypertension, heart disease, and the hospital, the medical bills are real, man. The medical bills is real. Now, here's the deal. I, I, I consult with a, a med- medical coding specialist, and she breaks even other things down that I didn't even know when she was on my show uh, last year and that i never forget. She said, Terrence, you got to understand the, the coding game, the medical coding game, because you can go in for EKG, and they'll change the code on your bill and they'll label you for a heart attack, but you don't know. And that's a whole different amount, you know? So you got, yeah, yeah. That's, I was like, that's what I said. (laughs) That was my reaction. I was like, yeah. You know, I was like, oh, I said, so now I got to check these codes because the average consumer or average patient, we don't know the codes. So this is why, you know, the bills be so high because you never know. You can go in for a minor checkup and you get that bill. And, you know, the doctors and the pharmaceutical companies and insurance companies, they all tied in, man. It's all big business. You understand me? Mm-hmm. Big pharma companies are making billions of dollars a year of everybody. And uh, But if you need that modern medicine, by all means, I would suggest for you to get it. You know, but if you could do some things holistically, um, going back to the um, the herbal uh, medicine, then do that too with fresh herbs and supplements. Um, what's cheaper? I wrote an article in the um, Atlanta Journal Constitution a couple of years ago called um, "Healthy Elixirs," and what that is is that you can have certain things in your kitchen cabinet right now, like turmeric and curry and um, apple cider vinegar, cinnamon, nutmeg, you know, olive oil, fresh garlic. These things will naturally help prevent or cure a lot of lifestyle ailments, ailments, you know, and we don't use them. We don't, you know, we looked at, we got all those things on our shelves, but we don't incorporate those things into our meals you know, on a daily basis. So just to say fresh garlic, fresh garlic is a natural blood thinner, you know, mm-hmm. they, they give you aspirin, but fresh garlic would do that as anti-inflammatory. Um, it helps with bad cholesterol, helps with your blood pressure. You throw that in a saute pan with some fresh olive oil. That's the same thing. You throw broccoli in there, you throw 
um, curry and all these different uh, spices and herbs in there. And this is what it calls eating clean. Yeah, I know you heard all that term before. Yeah. People say, yeah, I'm, I'm eating clean. But this, this is really what it means by eating clean. You eat the certain foods, herbs and spices that's going to help. Um, uh, prevent inflammation in the body, um, prevent any type of illness or disease. And I'd be trying to educate people. I said, man, you got to use those fresh herbs and spices. You got to use those healthy elixirs, apple cider vinegar. That's one of the, one of the best things that got me off the medicine. Eight years, apple cider vinegar cut right through your blood glucose level, help with cholesterol, help with weight loss, um, help with, um, uh, blood pressure, you know, but you can't, I used to drink that. People say, I, how you drink that every night? Two shot, two tablespoons of a shot glass of apple cider vinegar. Don't it burn? I said, look, I used to drink that, that Hennessy like that. I didn't, <laughs> you know, I didn't, I didn't I complain. Feel <laughs> I feel it. I feel it. I feel it. So I, I shot that thing back. Boy, I try to get off that medicine because that medicine was uh, $166 a week. And my insurance didn't pay for it. And I had great insurance, you know. And so if you're talking about $166 a week, it comes out close to like 644 if I remember the math right, a month times 12 months. It's like almost $8,000 annually. You, know, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So when they lock you into maintaining, this is what you're going to spend, okay, depending on who do, you, who do you have as far as your doctors and insurance. And, you know, you're going to go broke. They're going to keep you on the property line. That's why people say, man, it costs too much to eat. But you spend it, you, you, you allocate that money every month for the medicine, but you don't allocate the money every month for the food. Mm. Let food be thy medicine, you know? Yeah, not medicine be uh be thy food. I heard that. My daughter said that to me one day. I was like, damn, where you get that from? <laughs> yeah, man. It's yeah. Big business, bro. Yeah, for sure. What what what's um for somebody who wants to get into eating right, what's the first step to take? Like what what's just a little change that they can make? then they can build on top of that. What would you say is that first building block? Uh, first of all, fiber is your friend. Okay. Fruits and vegetables, okay? More vegetables than fibers. Get some greens in you. Most people say, I don't have time to eat vegetables like that. I said like this, man. I make veggie omelets like every other day. I, mm -hmm. I get my vegetables in. You want to get your veggies in, man, you know, as much as possible. A lot of people don't like vegetables, you know, I said like this, if you can't eat your vegetables, then you need to drink your vegetables, okay? So you need to put your vegetables in smoothies, in soups, in broths, whatever you got to do. The body does not recognize the difference of the nutrients that you're putting. Only difference is you're not chewing, you're drinking. But the liver and everything is going to break down those nutrients, and it's going to send the nutrients to your vital organs, to your blood circulatory system, your skeletal musculatory system, your nervous system. You're going to get that brain food, that omega-3s. you got to do it, man. you got to have the vegetables. Start off, like the doctor said, eat an apple a day. Keep the doctor away. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So I would start off with eating an apple. And the people say, you always talking about apples. I said, man, apples is one of those fruits that's been around since Adam and Eve. You got to think about it, man, on biblical terms. So uh, apples have been around for ages. You got in this high in fiber, anti-inflammatory, antioxidants, cancer prevention. So, you know, I try to get apples in. Um, 
just get your fruits and vegetables. So I, I would say eat the way our ancestors ate. Like you think about when we was back, our ancestors a uh, uh, long time ago, we had fruits and vegetables. We ate from the garden to the table. We walked everywhere. Um, we grew our own vegetables. We drank a lot of water. We ate uh, from the land. We ate from the sea. We ate from the sky. We ate from the vine. You got to go back to those days and put yourself into a healthy environment. Um, in the 1930s and 1940s, um, you were rich if you had steak on your plate. Mm -hmm. You was poor if you only had vegetables. But the poor people outlived the rich people who had steak. You know what I'm saying? So it's like same thing right now. I got off the red meat. I, once I got off the, the red meat, man, my whole life changed. I ain't gonna lie. And I got off the pork. Everything changed. Um, every once in a while, you know, I mean, I may uh, have a, if, if I do a cookout, somebody got some ribs, I'm like, yo, give me a bone, <laughs> but don't give me no sauce. I get one bone. And I said, that's it. To get that craving, get that taste out because you get these cravings and you be like, okay, let me just go ahead and just, just, just get this taste of it and then back away from it. So my advice is, man, to incorporate, if you don't like vegetables, um, find, find a way to get them in as far as supplementations. There's a lot of products out there right now. Do your research on these supplements as far as fiber supplements. Uh, get those in and um, fruits, uh, uh, multivitamins, anything that you're not getting from food, try to find it in a supplement so you can get what you need. If not, by the time you age 30, 40, 50 years old, your body's going to start to go in these um, vitamin and mineral deficiencies. And this is where the body starts to break down into illness. So I would definitely get the fruits and vegetables in slowly but surely. That's what's up. There you go. Uh, <laughs> anything left that you uh want to like make sure you point out while you're here? Anything on your mind? Uh, give it to us, man. This is your, your opportunity. Anything that that's that you just kind of want to make sure that people know before we leave? Um, yeah, man. You know, like I always tell people, take care of yourself. Self care is the best care. Don't look at it as being selfish. Look at it as putting yourself first. Because I'm gonna tell you right now, what I've been seeing in my practices is this. When you get sick or ill and you're coming out of hospital, car accident, whatever it is, you become a liability, man. You're no longer an asset anymore to your family members or to yourself. So just like, you know, something happened to you, who's going to run the business? Who's going to do the podcast? Who's going to do these things? Now you got people stressing themselves out, trying to make sure that you get to your doctor's visits, you get your prescriptions, you get your food. I don't want to do all that, man. You know, I'll be 53 in August. and my whole fear is to grow older sick and in pain. I don't want to do that. I want to grow older, you know, uh, pain-free, cognitive awareness. I'm able to drive my car, you know, just, you know, just being able to have that independence. So take care of yourself. Uh, you know, like they say on the airplane, when the, when the mask come down, in case of emergency, they say put the mask on yourself first. It's the same concept. It's the same concept, man. You know what I mean? You put you put the mask on yourself first, and watch how you talk to yourself. Okay, you're not going to allow anybody else to talk negatively to you. So why are you going to do it to yourself? You see, you have to talk positive to yourself because your subconscious mind is listening. There you have it. That's that. 
Yeah, it, it's it's like it's, it kind of goes back to like the power of manifestation. Like words mean something. Words are energy that you that you put into things, and you and we often forget to put that that positivity in ourselves. Like we will give so much of ourselves out to the world and to the other people, and that's good. You should, but you gotta t- you gotta take care of home first, man. Yeah, you man. <laughs> people don't understand that, but you know what? And, you know, I get why because the Western society. It's so rush, rush, rush. Mm-hmm. And then you got careers, you got family. Life is happening, man. Life is really happening. So when that happens, guess what? You lose track of yourself for the most part of it. And I get that. I've been in corporate America for years. I had to slow my life down. I had to quit my career in 2018. I did an early retirement. I couldn't juggle all that stuff anymore. I'm stressed, managing people, meetings, people trying to sabotage your contribution to the workplace. You got an irritable boss all the time, man, reports. I said, no, this is where I get off. Mm-hmm. Once I got out of corporate America and I started focusing on me, my life really took off. Now we're doing a whole lot of different things. I don't, you know, my commute is probably even 12 steps away now or even right up the block. Mm-hmm. You know, and to the to the studio. So it's like I don't sit in traffic anymore. I don't my stress levels and on the pain level of one to twelve, my stress level is probably like a two or three, and that's self inflicted. Whether it was like a ten some days dealing with with nutheads, you know what I'm saying? So you have to change which what your stress triggers are. Controlling your stress hormones is one of the major things that you can do. Uh, stress management, oh man, you got to practice stress management because stress management is going to increase, uh, depending on who you are, it's going to increase your wellness. If you don't have great stress stress management techniques, most likely you're going to overeat or you're going to binge eat or maybe not even eat. You're going to, to stress, your, I mean, drink, smoke, get irritable. All these things increase um, um, bad sleeping patterns. Um, hormonal changes, depression, anxiety, and all those things tr- are turned right into illness and disease, man. So you got to control your stress level, practice great stress man- management techniques, eat right, work out, meditate, release, remove toxic things or individuals out of your life. Mm. Once you learn how to do that, man, your life going to take off and you're going to save a ton of money and a ton of stress. There you have it, and and, and we, we 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 make it so hard sometimes to remove certain people because they've been there for so long, or but they're my fit. Like I'm sorry, I'm at the point now at 33 years old where if you're adding more stress than happiness to my life, I don't care if you my mama, you gotta go. Luckily, my mama's not mama. Don't get on me. Uh, but seriously though, I, and it's 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 important to keep good people and good energy around you because those vibes often like you you may not see it for 10 years and look back and be like, damn, this person really kind of drug my life down a little bit. You gotta take ownership of that stuff back. Yes, sir. Um, I'm going to tell you, man, the hardest thing to do to eliminate family is to say, look, I need to talk. This is what's going on. Y'all, this is my direction. If I don't know if you listen to um, Lisa um, Nichols story, she, man, she had to break it down for family, man. She had to get rid of family. And um, a lot of times family is not going to understand your mindset, your vision. Some may some may not, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, if you come from a family who, 
only know a few things and then you start to self-improve and be self-aware and try to go up the level, those family members are not going to give you that 100% you're looking for when it comes down to support. So you got to say, look, I got to do this for me. I got to do this for my, my kids. You know, I, I, I got to do this, man. And eventually when they see, you know, success come at a different rate for you and they they see your vision. Everybody's not, especially family, everybody's not going to see that vision for you, man. You know, Luckily for me, um, I got a, a small family, and um, but you know sometimes there's like oh, we don't see you no more. I'm like I've been grinding, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but now they see over the years, like my I, I just did a major uh, television network. Show. I was a major um, a syndicated television show on Tuesday. And yesterday I'm coming coming from another radio podcast and my mother called me. I'm on the expressway stuck in traffic. She said, Mother F, you ain't tell nobody you was on TV. We <laughs> you know? I said I said I didn't want to tell it. nobody. Yeah. yeah, you know. She was and she's seventy she'd be seventy three next month. She was going off, but she you know, it was a good go off, but she was like, You didn't tell nobody. I said, I ain't want to tell nobody. I wanted to sh- I wanted to shock the world, you know. Um I wanted you to see your son on national television. You know, I wanted to see you like, I want the world to be shocked because it, it was a pivotal moment for me in, in my career, my business on Tuesday. Like me and my girl, we didn't tell nobody. We just, we just got jump in the truck. The producers said, come on up. And we went there. And when, when they said lights, camera, action, you know, I was the last one to come on and we rocked it out. And um, now it's, it's, it's blowing up. Like I, I, I got like 700 new subscribers to the website. The fit traffic went crazy on um, the, the emails is I can't even respond to everybody right now. You know what I'm saying? And I'm doing, yeah, now I'm here talking, talking with you. So it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's a blessing, man. It's everybody was like, yeah, we knew that was coming. I said, yeah, I felt it too. I just didn't know what, uh, God timing was. I knew I had to trust the process and I knew my purpose. He showed it to me years ago and I've done so much, but this is the one, you know, that opportunity that everything that I was working for is shined on national television. And now it's a lot of shows that's calling. So I'm, I'm, I'm grateful, man. And you never know, man, your message, your message. I don't care who you are, what you're going through, what you've been through. You see the silver lining in that. You see the blessing in that. And you ask why it's happening and you dig down deep and harness that pain, harness that energy. And you build on that, man. Like, you know, you, you, your podcast, you reach out, you want to have phenomenal guests on there. You want to be the, the best podcast you can be. You can turn that thing into a lucrative business for yourself, man. That's going to provide, that can um, provide a great income for you and your family, man. You know, that's what, you know, I'm not doing it for that, but I've, I've, that's what the greats have told me. That's why I got back into podcasting and radio broadcasting because there's so many different things. You, you have a vision. And you have a story of your why. So you put it together and it's going to enhance your life because what are you doing it for? If you should die today, what would they say about you at your funeral? You know, that's my whole goal. Like, man, what would they say about me, man? You know, ah, man, would they cry? Would they be like, man, I ain't going to this food funeral. You know what I mean? You know, um, what my, what would my kids say about me? Or, you know, it's just, it's just those things like, most people are living for their resume. They're not living for their eulogy, man. 
you know, and when you have a near death experience, you got to say, Oh, I got to get it together and got to break it down. Because when you think life is falling apart, it's actually falling in place, bro. Damn. Deep. Yeah. yeah. Don't don't look at it as why, why, why. Look at it as like, okay. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. you know, thank you for cause I'm gonna tell you something. <laughs> Man, you be asking yourself, God, why this happening? You need to say, Thank you, God, because you you, you helped me to eliminate some things, yeah. you know, and then uh, you got to realize you got when you when you take the the, the psychological point out of pound out of it and then you think you put the spiritual components in there, God will start to reveal why these things happen to you. you know, I didn't know why diabetes was happening. I knew what I knew why, but you know, I didn't know it was gonna be the cornerstone for the rest of my life. To be talking to people all over the world. Like who knew? I didn't know. But he knew that was the puzzle. Steve, that's powerful, man. It's it's amazing how it all comes together, right? And now yeah. we here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now we here, and you know, I just want to share my story with you and your listeners. If anybody come back later and listen to this to your show, and they may not themselves, but a family member, a loved one, a cousin, coworker, may have an issue with type two diabetes. You know this can probably help them. And that's all credit to your platform and what you're doing. So, you know, you spreading a message to the masses to, you know, get it together, man, because these lifestyle diseases these days and not just the diseases, but the medicine that they put you on to try to help you treat it or cope with it. It's, it's, you know, it's going to spin your life into a living hell if you allow it and you're going to go broke doing it for the rest of your life. If you need the medicine, by all means. Yeah. But you know, if you can use healthy ways to really uh, reverse or prevent um, lifestyle, chronic illnesses, man, take advantage. Okay. Do what you got to do because you got to be around for another 40 years or so. There you have it. Well, that's, Damn, if, if whoever's listening to this, my listeners, if you guys didn't get a lot out of this and don't feel motivated to change some things, I don't know what else I can do for you. Because uh, Terrence just dropped dropped a lot of knowledge in a, in a fairly short amount of time here, man. So I want to thank you, man. Go ahead and tell them where they can uh, follow you at, uh, reach out to you and listen to your podcast and all that good stuff. I appreciate you. Um, my website is www.yourbestlifestyles.com. Uh, Dot com. That's W-O-U-R-B-E-S-T-L-I-F-E-S-T-Y-L-E-S um, dot com. And all the information is there, man. Uh, recipes, if you, you know, if you want to book me for something, uh, you got the books there, the podcast links are there, all my social media uh, platforms are there, supplementation products. Everything you need, man, you can contact me for a consultation and I can give you over the line, you know, tips and strategies to really help maintain um, a healthy lifestyle, man. Because like I said earlier in the podcast, when you get sick, somebody gets paid all the time. All the time, like you, you said you was taking care of your son. You know, most likely you gotta go get some medicine. You know, yeah. you know, somebody get somebody gonna get some money out you now. <laughs> that is a fact. <laughs> that is a fact. Yeah, yeah, man, it's big business. So my whole thing is to help 
people take that money and reverse it back into their checking account. Let me just say if you spending 30, 40, 50 dollars on medicine every month, if I could show you how to keep that money in your pocket, you know, wouldn't that be a good investment? Mm-hmm. A one-time investment this can save that money every month for the rest of your life. That you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I can show people how to do it because I've done it. It's not a cookie-cutter program, a one-size-fits-all program. Like, I've, I've helped people get off um, sleep apnea, uh, um, asthma, uh, all these different things come back from a stroke, man. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I said, only thing you got to do is just change the way you look at your food, change the way you look at your lifestyle, control your stress, and um, make sure you're in a loving environment, have a great support group, and you're going to win, man. I'm telling you, you're going to win. That's what's up. And that's what we all need to do. We all deserve to win. We all can win. Sometimes we need to get out of uh get out of our own ways. But man, I, I want to thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for taking time out to to join my podcast, man. And and yeah, I'll be reaching out in the future, man. Maybe we can do this more often. Don't this shit make a nigga wanna 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 Watch out, uh-huh. hot shit be bringing the cops out. Come on, street niggas is ringing them shots out. Uh-huh. Short circuit and blacking the blocks out. Now open up the garage and pull the drops out. Rocking the fur coat, bringing the blue fox out. Diamonds yeah. light up the block, bringing the blue rocks out. Uh-huh. While until all of my crew knocks out. Come on, get your ass up on the floor. Uh-huh. Throw your hands if you want some more. Baby, wiggle your crotch out huh, And peep the way we be blowing them spots out Come on, look how we got them ready to act out Girl, I'm ready to get the twist in your back Let's out go. Come on, drink yak till a nigga falling out Flat on his back, now watch yeah. a nigga crawling out Talk to Said Buster What's up, son? See them girl rolling <laughs> And it look like Come on The ass is just swollen And the ass getting big now your man baby said you Uh-huh Then what you gonna say? What we gonna tell him? We gonna tell him Everybody singing now. Everybody singing now.